Welcome to the Oxygen Mass Podcast. If you are here as a parent or caregiver, educator or grandparent, we are glad to have you listening. This program is geared for the autism parent, but we welcome and invite all who are drawn to be here with us. I'm Tara and I'm your co-host along with my partner, Beth. The title of this podcast, The Oxygen Mask, is based on a metaphor. Just as you are instructed on an airplane to put on your own mask before helping others, we believe we need to practice helping ourselves as parents so we can best help our children. Hi, I'm Beth. At the beginning of each episode, we'll turn that metaphor, that symbol of an oxygen mask, into a concrete practice, pausing a few minutes each day to quiet our busy minds and breathe into our bellies provides a surge of stress-reducing neurochemicals. With practice over time, we actually build pathways in our brains that help reduce our stress response. So even if you hit play on this podcast about to enter multitasking mode, please take a moment of pause for yourself. Let's begin. Close your eyes softly and bring your attention to your feet as they contact the surface beneath them, rooting you to this moment. Roll your shoulders back. Let them settle in a strong, relaxed posture. Take a belly breath in through your nose. Feel the sensation of air in your nostrils, in the back of your throat. Exhale slowly. Notice your chest fall and your belly soften. Draw another deep breath into your belly. Envision the cool air swirling up across your forehead. Exhale, picturing the warm air going down the back of your neck and over your shoulders. Bring your attention to your face, your temples, your jaw. Take a final cleansing breath in. At the top of your in-breath, Bend your elbows and softly place your hands on your hips. Exhale slowly, perhaps letting a smile curl the corners of your mouth. Hold this posture for a few seconds as you open your eyes. Again, welcome. We are so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode eight of the Oxygen Mask podcast. I am Tara and I'm here with my co-host Beth and we've decided to talk about today um, curveballs, curveballs that life throws at you because to be honest we've had one hell of a September, October <laughs> so it's been an interesting fall for us and we thought we'd talk a little bit about that. Um, just to start us off and we'll talk more about this um, as, it, as it relates to being an autism parent, but um, I had a death in my family, kind of unexpectedly. My father passed away in September, and over the course of kind of two or a week, and um, then a week afterwards, dealing with the funeral arrangements and everything. So that was a big curveball that my family has been dealing with because it was not um, expected. And I know, Beth, you've been um, working. Last time we talked, you were on the start of the adventure of homeschooling. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we'd love to hear more about how that's going. <laughs> I listened back to, I think, our first episode where I said, check in with me in a couple months. Yeah. Because we, yeah. Here's so our check-in. It's getting real, people. Um, it's just that it's just too much. And it doesn't feel like it is a choice that we made. But the circumstances were such that it didn't feel like a choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, things were, were not working so 
definitively that uh, we I decided to homeschool thinking I'll figure it out but honestly I just have too many balls in the air um, mm. and I'm feeling like what it did was turn the temperature up on the boiling pot a notch do you know what I mean yeah yeah like I had been working part-time a job that has multiple like dimensions that I'm kind of grappling with new ones and then we got this dog that's super energetic and I'm the apparently the person who tunes into his energy and exercise needs and Mm -hmm. and I'm just like I know it sounds so obnoxious but yeah adding homeschool to it I'm just like there's so many constant juggling pieces and I I guess I'm getting to this point where I'm like resigned like it's not something needs to change I have to figure out how and what sure and I think homeschooling would be fun and really great if I could commit my whole brain to it and I haven't been so yeah well I'm sure there's kind of this expectations you have on yourself yeah and 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 also like you said it was it was a choice you made but one that didn't really feel like it had a choice so that's a curveball like you weren't expecting to have to now be your son's teacher and I was proud of myself for embracing that curveball. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, I can yeah, roll with it. Right. And now I'm like, but you can. I'm not flexible. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm really not that that um, much of a go. But it's a lot. And we talked hands. about that, I think, in an earlier episode, how we have this own pressure on ourselves to be our kid's best teacher about, you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. best therapist or whatever. And, and sometimes we're just human. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, your humanness is having, catching up. And I think because then you're talking homeschooling, you think that you have to have it all together and you sort of mm-hmm. look for ways that other people have it all together. And it's all, it's a microcosm of all the other stuff that we do to ourselves. Right. But yeah. Yeah. We've got a couple good little anchors and it's testing my planning and wherewithal yeah. of time management throughout the day and, and stuff. So, but, but how is it going for your son? For him? Um, he's... Oh, so, so the first couple weeks of the fall, when his sister was in school, he was saying he was lonely, and mm. of course that was making me like, oh, oh yeah. did we make a bad decision? What yeah. are we? But we just needed to wait for the, the things we were involved in to mm-hmm. get in motion. So um, now we've got social commitments several days of the week, and he's much more satisfied with that. So um, he's acclimating, and it's yeah. a better fit for him then. Yeah, we've yeah. still got some big emotions around tough academic subjects sure. you know but he's totally a reader reader on pretty much anything and then climate change is like our project oh, based nice. um topic and so that's been kind of cool and yeah he's just digs deeper and deeper on things so there's so. cool things in it even though it's been a curveball like it's been an opportunity for you to yeah grow in a different way yeah and if you just if I just sketch out notes on what we talk about and the things that we've like videos we've done mm-hmm. into or policies that we're following or um you know that's really that's cool kind of it's it's enough but but there's something in me yeah. that's saying it's not enough and so yeah. that's what I need to deal with right yeah <laughs> maybe sh- I'm like my own internal right. therapist Right. Oh, I can see. Yeah, I would get into that too. I I have so much respect and admiration for anybody that attempts homeschooling because I know I could never have done it. Um, Or or maybe I could have, you know, like anytime somebody says, oh, I could never do that. Well, what else are you going to do? You do what you have to Mm -hmm. do. And and so certainly I could, but um, it's not something I would choose if I don't have to. So Well, and I still don't know. I mean, so I'm trying to embrace where we're at and really give it a good shot, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And I 
but I still like I want to be touring our local schools and make you know double checking on things yeah. because I want to have sort of a long term different sure. plan. But for now, this is what we need, and yeah, that's um, stressful though. Curveballs are never easy. <laughs> yeah. So so about so basically, we recorded our episode seven mm-hmm. days before you kind of texted me and said there's yeah. something up with my dad and yeah. yeah, it was kind of a wild week. We he really. Um, it, ultimately, he ended up with an autoimmune um, disorder that attacked his red blood cells very rapidly, and so he declined very rapidly. Um, was in, went from urgent care to hospital to ICU all within a span of like eight hours, and so it was very dramatic. And he nearly passed away the first night, and so that was all like I thought everything was fine, and then I had to very quickly shift gears for my kids who were at I think band practice or something, mm-hmm. and and have somebody else pick them up. Um, their dad went and picked, picked them up from that and, and while I went to the hospital. So yeah. that was a, um, not only a big curveball for me, but for my kids and, mm-hmm. and having one that's on the spectrum, you know, curveballs don't ever really fly very very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it was fine. You know, I'm, I'm blessed that Alex is old enough to really roll with the punches on a number of things now and had this mm-hmm. all happened um, years ago when he was uh, in early elementary that would have been much more difficult for him mm-hmm. to handle and it wasn't so much I mean he certainly had empathy for me and for um, our family and, and he was grieving for the loss of his his grandfather but mm-hmm. you know some of it is straight up like I don't know what's going on and so now I'm discombobulated and now I, it's all back on you know through the vision of his own lens saying I'm struggling because like, I don't know if you're going to be here tonight or not. So that whole week was kind of in and out. Um, I was at the hospital and then home and, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of back and forth because things were up and down. Mm -hmm. And um, finally we got to the point towards the end of the week, we realized there just wasn't anything else to do for him medically. And so we made the decision, you know, to, to stop interventions for him and then went shifted gears from, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to help him survive to help him transition peacefully Mm -hmm. which was really a beautiful process and I appreciate everybody's you know kind words and and it certainly is a huge loss um we miss him terribly but it's also it's been kind of a beautiful thing to Mm -hmm. have gone through with my family and um to have continued Mm -hmm. to go through you know my dad would not have if he could have chosen his own exit this Mm -hmm. is exactly how it would have Mm -hmm. gone so Mm -hmm. we have a lot of peace in that but um kind of dealing with it from from not only, you know, I'm the daughter of, you know, my, my dad who passed away, so I'm dealing with that grief, but also having to help my kids deal with the grief and mm-hmm. loss of their grandparent and also watch having their own emotions over watching me grieve, mm-hmm. which is never easy for, um, you know, any of my boys to kind of see me upset and um, you know, in tears is never comfortable feel like for them. A loss of control. Like, yeah, like yeah. oh no, mom's out of control. Mm-hmm. We don't know what to do. You know, because mm-hmm. I'm not a huge crier, and so when they, when I either <laughs> cry or get very quiet, mm-hmm. they know something's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, I remember the the day after my dad passed away, they had been at my my ex's house and staying with him, and they came back to my house for that evening. And they all walked in the door and just like, I think, waiting Mm -hmm. to kind of see, is mom okay? You know, knowing I'm not. Mm -hmm. And um, my older two kind of came in first and were setting things down. And my youngest, Alex, who's, you know, the one on the spectrum who's not supposed to have, you know, strong feelings um, or is stoic, came straight over to me and gave me the biggest hug. Mm -hmm. 
and I just lost it and I still get all teary-eyed over this but he just gave me the biggest hug and I just sobbed and he just held me and so I think this is kind of an interesting um, comment on you know people with autism tend to the belief is that they don't have empathy or they Mm -hmm. you know kind of have cold feelings or whatnot oh my gosh, it's the opposite. Like he was the one of the three of them that noticed that I was upset and mm-hmm. came over and gave me a hug because mm-hmm. he knew that was like the thing to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of it was a little bit like, she's sad, I should give her a hug. That's yeah. the prescription, right? Well, finally some clarity after yeah. a week of Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so he hugged and I just sobbed and and um, it was very sweet. And, and you know, I was thinking um, he didn't, he felt upset and, and was upset at the, at the service a little bit, but mm-hmm. not overly so. And it was really quite a blessing because um, he's had other losses in his life through his, you know, mm-hmm. for, even in childhood. Um, so he kind of has understood this grief thing, which is not easy for anybody to understand, but particularly children yeah. and particularly children on the spectrum, right? Um, well, even what you described, the transition you guys made from panic yeah. mode, respond, react yeah. to help your dad transition transition yeah yeah that's hard to grapple with as a grown-up and yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. and I'm I'm not so Mm -hmm. sure I did a good job um explaining that to them in Mm -hmm. the moment because that week was such a blur and I was really kind of just in my own zone and my Mm -hmm. own head and I remember Alex was even frustrated with me towards the end of the week before my dad had passed it was kind of like well and it came off kind of terse and kind of like um insensitive but he's like well where am I supposed to be tonight you know because he uh-huh. usually he's with me during the week yeah. and with his dad on the weekends and so this was a total upheaval of his schedule and he didn't know if I didn't know mm-hmm. if he was coming or going to be honest with you I didn't know what was happening so I I'm like yeah I'm sorry bud like I really kind of your schedule is so messed up but there's nothing I can do about it like yeah. right now we're kind of dealing with you know yeah. a big deal so mm-hmm. and he understood but you know because I was dealing with my own things mm-hmm. I I wasn't the best parent for him mm-hmm. because I wasn't explaining to him what was coming and what mm-hmm. was expected and all of that. So he had some moments in so there. You, you said he understood. Did he, did you think, found ways to kind of cope with what, I mean, you can intellectually yeah. understand and then you yeah. still have the sort of the simmering feeling. Yeah, that. I think he still simmered a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, part of that was feeling my own stress, right? Like mm-hmm. he's such a sponge. So anytime yeah. that I'm upset like he kind of takes that on mm-hmm. um so I think he understood it and I just said you you have to be patient like I I will try to do better about telling yeah. you what's happening but um I, I couldn't even remember my own name half the time so I was like I don't know what's going on so he he got it um he didn't melt down over anything but mm-hmm. it was uh yeah it was just a, one one more challenge mm-hmm. to kind of I'm like oh yeah that's right I have to give him what's expected otherwise mm-hmm. it, it gets worse for him mm-hmm. so so yeah and you know like going back he like I said he handled the funeral and everything really well they all did um and we all did really I mean funerals aren't fun but we, mm-hmm. we've talked about that people are gonna cry and that's okay and that's how you know we know mm-hmm. that grandpa was loved and and so that felt it makes it okay instead of that kind of panic of oh no, everybody's going to be sad, I'm going to be sad, Um, I don't want to be sad, we're supposed to not be sad. Mm -hmm. No, you know what, it's okay, you're supposed to be sad. Mm -hmm. Um, He had had the loss of not only like my grandmother, um, his other great-grandma, his other grandfather had passed away a couple of years ago. And then early on when he was really um, still in early elementary, 
Um, he was going to, I can't remember what location, but he had um, a couple of different therapists that he was working with. Mm-hmm. And one of them passed away, younger guy, um, um, passed away over the weekend, very unexpectedly. And um, they called, the center called to tell us Monday morning on his oh way gosh. to school. And I was like, God, what? Oh my gosh, how are we going to explain this? Mm-hmm. And he was too young to understand the concept of death. And so I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, well, this is a a teaching moment, I guess, like, Mm -hmm. I don't even know where to begin to explain it to myself, let alone um, somebody on the um, that's that young and on the spectrum who's very logical. So I had to be very concrete with it and Mm -hmm. explain it kind of matter of fact, because I didn't want him to think that he'd be coming back. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want him to think I knew the concept of like heaven would be a little bit hard for him to grasp. Mm-hmm. It's too nebulous. Like, mm-hmm. where's heaven? You can't just say it's up yeah. in the clouds because yeah. then he's going to be like, well, where's, where is he? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so, so was it like, I know we've had talks like, you know, great grandma's yeah you know, lungs and heart got worn out and they were yeah. really, really tired well we yeah. had, did frame it in that mm-hmm. context once when um yeah. like it, i think it was my grandmother passed away and, I, and we just said you know most people live to be a, an old age mm-hmm. and a bodies wear out and that's the natural cycle of things but mm-hmm. this was a little bit harder because this was a younger guy whose mm-hmm. body did wear out but a lot sooner and i remember even um you know kind yeah, of talking about typically you live to be old and I didn't want to give him that anxiety which he actually I think did take on some anxiety over that because later that year when his birthday came around he didn't want to celebrate it and I didn't know why oh. and for a couple of years he didn't like he celebrating didn't his year. Older? he didn't want to get old oh. yeah so he didn't want to get older and oh. I know and I don't know if it was exactly correlated to mm-hmm. dying or not but it was a little bit of that and a little bit of um I don't want to get older and not be able to be a kid anymore. I don't want to get yeah, older I, and have to do responsibilities. I yeah, right? I would like celebrate my birthday. I think it was five or six years, and I would ball at night. I would yeah. be in my parents' room like, I don't want to grow yeah. up. I'll never move away. I know. It was some yeah. of that. Like He yeah. was like, oh, no, things are changing. changing so anything, right? you know, that mm-hmm. change component was really hard for him. Mm-hmm. So throw on the whole older, getting older and dying yeah. aspect really through for yeah. a loop for a bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, we just talked about it very plainly um, about cycle of life and that every species has a cycle of life and, you know, mm-hmm. some are longer and some are shorter and sometimes bodies wear out and sometimes they get very, very sick or mm-hmm. sometimes there's accidents and that's just the way yeah. you know, it is. Wow. So he's very matter of fact about mm-hmm. about it. So from that was you're talking about the therapist when he was yeah. little. I'm sure that sort of was a moment. But how about yeah. is there fallout? I know for us when we go through kind of a curveball moment, I look back like, wow, where have we been? Like socially, where have we been? Mm. Kind of off the grid, relatively. Right. And I've been more tired, and I just realized yeah. that there's like collateral sort of impacts oh, yeah that's know? a good way to put it or for sure or something is that yeah. something you guys are kind of that was I'm not so sure my kids are so much because yeah. it's interesting because I think I've experienced that with the death of a grandparent is a little mm-hmm. different it's a lot different than the death of your own parent mm-hmm. um I yeah had complete brain fog for mm-hmm. about three or four weeks and and even tr- recognizing that I had it trying to snap myself out of it you can't yeah. you just can't mm-hmm. um, and I think we talked about that because we were in the middle of like trying to put the podcast up and I was mm-hmm. trying to do stuff for it and I'm like I can't even I don't function know what looking at <laughs> no no it was really bizarre and and I recognized that it was part of grief you know so I was just mm-hmm. kind of sitting with it but it was still it's the really, strangest yeah. feeling it's probably really hard to just 
be patient in yeah. that place because things have started up again. I mean, yeah. didn't this like I wanted right to as the school momentum yeah. was starting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we had that week where he was in the hospital, and then the week mm-hmm. afterwards where we, you know, kind of were in a liminal space of mm-hmm. like waiting till we had his, you know, service, his funeral. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, okay, now we get back to doing stuff. Yeah. And that was, um, that was, it was hard to just like get back into yeah. it. I mean, some of it you sort of had to force yourself to just to do. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even that I was terribly, grief is a funny thing. It wasn't that I was terribly sad. I mean, there's moments of sad, there's moments of crying, but there was also mm-hmm. moments of just like, whatever, but brain fog, like not being able to function was a serious Mm -hmm. problem. So, um, I'm feeling more recovered now, but yeah, yeah, there's moments. And I, so I don't know if that's true for my kids, if that's what they kind of experienced Mm -hmm. or if it was more collateral impact in is mom okay? You know, kind of that worry. Yeah. They're a little orb of stability and and expectation. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I am kind of grateful that he had had experienced some of this loss earlier Mm -hmm. in a point where he was a little more innocent and um, it wasn't quite so impactful. So he's had these practice rounds. And now that somebody closer to us has died that, you Mm -hmm. know, he kind of knew how to handle it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have to stress about helping him so much as yeah. you know I could just kind of be in the moment and agree for myself think, think through the right yeah. words and stuff yeah. yeah 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 in thinking of um, comparing that to other kind of curveballs I've experienced or that we've talked about so far and yeah, you and I but mm-hmm. um, kids don't know the difference that you know like death is the biggest sort of hardest thing right for at least we us adults to to manage yeah if we're um, gonna put things in context of what's hardest and what's not yeah yeah, yeah. we I just feel like our bubble popped when we were moving like the kids Mm. didn't know I think my son was in first grade then they didn't understand what was going on and they just knew things were changing. They knew physically their environment was mm-hmm. like a mess, and which is traumatic when yeah. you're not not yeah. very old. You've lived there the whole time, yeah. or maybe you know, like you don't remember moving before. Yeah, that's and traumatic. I don't think I could crank down my own sort of anticipation, oh, sure. excitement, anxiety levels yeah. to to give them the impression that things were just normal. Right, know? right. Um, but yeah, and I remember that that was our first big anxiety peak for. For Lucas, that's where we could actually name anxiety as mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. other thing that was going on here. And yeah, um, it's, our, it's uh, interesting that you just said yeah mm-hmm. that your anxiety was high too. Then you know, talking about yeah. that kind of sponge factor yeah. uh, that kids oh, have they, yeah. that they pick up on how you're feeling and and um, yeah, it spills and over. I don't think I don't think I could parse it out who, what came from where, but yeah. exactly like he, the, during that period, I remember. Um, he would startle like if I was in the room and he sort of came cruising around a corner he would like gasp and sometimes scream because I didn't know I was there but like he entered in the room upon me right and he's freaking out I mean he his startle reaction was super high interesting um and he like the impression that he was being insulted like a small tease or a collective Mm. laugh at something yeah. he thought was aimed at him. And so just super sensitivity, almost like yeah. um, I picture that electric ball that, oh, yeah. that, that you touch the yeah. outside and it grabs your, yeah. goes through your fingers. That's what it felt like, that it was mm. just this little 
electricity shaking yeah um, yeah we experienced uh, some nuts well I guess it would be anxiety but a little bit different you mm -hmm. know way um, Alex had a really hard time when he was younger and this just kind of flared up recently again mm -hmm. which hadn't for a very long time but um, kind of making mountains out of molehills you know like yeah. having a, a and we taught this is the therapy that we kind of went through mm -hmm. over this was repeated over years so mm -hmm. those of you out there that are struggling with this just stay consistent with mm -hmm. it because eventually it gets better but you know those um having a small reaction to a small problem mm -hmm. versus a big reaction to a big problem mm -hmm. and and mostly what he was doing was having a big reaction to a small problem and so we kind of had to name what are small problems what mm -hmm. are big problems what are appropriate reactions to that you know mm -hmm. if you fall down on the playground and you skin your knee and it hurts really bad then the mm -hmm. reaction is to cry mm -hmm. and ask for help and you know that is appropriate but if you trip and you're not really hurt, crying and tattling on somebody is not the appropriate reaction. Mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. just kind of having some conversations about what's appropriate. Yeah. And he's done so much better with that. He really um, does not have huge reactions over things. Sometimes I think he needs to, but you mm -hmm. know. Um, the other night though, taco incident, <laughs> I brought home Taco Bell instead of bringing home whatever he expected, I think Culver's or something. and. And he was mad and he didn't voice it. And he just gave me the stink eye and ate the taco anyway and was mad about it. And, mm -hmm. it was, and I was at the end of my row because this was, you know, over the last couple of weeks. And yeah. like, even though I'm I'm back in the world and functioning, mm -hmm. uh, my bucket runs kind of low these days. And mm -hmm. so I didn't have any more patience at the mm -hmm. end of that day and snapped at him. I'm like, just eat it or don't yeah, eat it. I don't right. care. This you is know? my last right. effort. I'm, I'm crossing the finish yep, line for I, the day. Like, right clearly I gave up on parenting. <laughs> I was serving Taco Bell. So, like, it was not my finest meal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that I, yeah, I was just like, no. And I kind of snapped at him. I'm yeah. like, just eat it or don't. I don't care. Instead of, like, diving into what's his deal, yeah. you know? And I think I even did ask, like, what's going on? And he just, yeah. you know, refused to answer and was just mad at me. And yeah. I was like... I'd had it. And so then he had it, right? Because mm -hmm. I had had it. So then he had it You're and put your screamed foot down. Yeah. and threw the mm -hmm. taco and left. And then it was <laughs> tears. I know. It was like, and I sat there going, whoa, wait a minute. This is over a taco. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and that's your clue, right? You said mountains yeah. out of molehills. Like, yeah. That's the clue that the barometer, the pressure mm -hmm. is high, yes. right? Right. And then something like that, something that you could say, this is nuts and yeah. he is lost it. Right. You know? But really, right. it's like Because I didn't picture. recognize any of the signs beforehand because mm -hmm. in the moment I was more about myself, like, mm -hmm. God, I don't have time for this, blah. Mm -hmm. I'm tired. Um and then I was like, that really did snap it out of me and go, oh, he's, I really right. pushed too far. What happened here? He's not had a meltdown like mm -hmm. this in a long time. What's going on? You know? Mm -hmm. And so we worked through it and, you know, just realized it was not mm -hmm. a clear expectation of, um, his expectations were different. He didn't voice it the mm -hmm. way I under, I didn't understand mm -hmm. it. And then my expectations were different. We talked mm -hmm. it through and it worked out, but mm -hmm. yeah, those little, but you know, you, sort of molehill. you started talking about, you know, um, the match, right, and your reaction, yeah. the size of the problem, and you see your, uh, what's an appropriate response, or mm -hmm. and we talk about like expected or unexpected, like what, sure. what do, what would you typically expect to see when you get a taco right. instead of a burger? Well, or like that was unexpected, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like I think it gets like that should be an equivalency sort of thing, right there. Yeah. If logic prevailed, if but that big emotional cloud, I feel like mm -hmm. that's where those are those opportunities where, yeah, 
that's the mini teaching moment, but the bigger yeah. teaching moment is for me to be like, whoa, right. we are right. coming down from a crazy circumstances this month or whatever. The curveballs have gotten to us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. I think, I mean, we, I've never, Lucas angrily, like scratching my arms, refused to go to piano lessons at one Ooh, point. Yeah. And I was like, what is this all about? And it was during all this moving stuff. And I, and I realized it was a small thing, but basically the notes got really small and on a staff mm-hmm. versus big and colorful all over the page. Mm. Like, not all over the page, yeah, but yeah. with less stuff around them. Yeah. That was enough during, yes, he's an anxious, sensitive kid, but because the context, his stability was blown yeah. up, you know, yeah. that became the thing that that he just tore into a big tantrum and defensiveness about. Mm-hmm. And it's just, so yes, there it's was a never, learning moment there. Yeah, it's never about that little thing. Right. It's always deeper, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it is probably reflective too. Like, um, you know, that's recognizing those signs in your kiddo. And mm-hmm. usually I'm pretty good at that and, and like monitoring that. And, but yeah, because but my, not, right. my bucket has been empty mm-hmm. and or end of the day or whatever the case is, I wasn't recognizing the signs. And so I needed to be a little bit more aware of, hey, yeah, am I, mm-hmm. I'm at the end of my day. I'm yeah. at the end of the tokens that I have to yeah. contribute to the world today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to recognize what my response is. So like I tend to not be like the brain fog even sets in, you know, mm-hmm. and I can't get my words out and I get, you know, grumpy and, and snappy and just like really short in my commands and like, just, just do what I just right. read my mind. I don't want to explain to you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. don't make my life any harder. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what your kind of signs are, but that's some oh, of yeah. what I get. I think I get like, you know, blaming everybody else. Like if you would have just done it the first time I asked you and I start sort of either ruminating in my head about yeah. how everybody else is totally off base yep. or saying out loud. And then, and then usually like I yell, I get, that's my, yep. it's like my little teapot whistle. Ooh, yeah. Like, ah, I'm freaking out. Um, so being stuck in my head and then yelling is usually what happens. Yeah. That happens. I'll, I'll kind of blow my top too. And mm-hmm. I've tried to talk to my kids about that. Like, and always go back, you know, mm-hmm. and I've apologized and, you know, that wasn't my finest parenting moment. Yeah. Um, and we've used the metaphor of a volcano, right? Like if you don't vent the volcano, mm-hmm. then sometimes it explodes, but yeah. sometimes you need to vent. And sometimes that, you know, sounds like complaining or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and we've talked about how it's, you know, we need to vent to appropriate circle of people, but mm-hmm. sometimes that spills out on your kids, right? right. Let's be honest. Right. And, you know, so I've talked to them about that. Like I was venting and I'm sorry that I got carried away and blew my top kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, so, yeah. I just feel like, I mean, yeah, when I, when I do that to the kids, it's, I mean, so I'm, I'm yelling when I'm mad. Then he gets, especially Lucas, gets super sensitive yep. and reactive and bursts like out crying and falls on the floor. And right. You know what I mean? And so it doesn't just, help. No, it's just <laughs> this messy, angsty process. And I like to think that I could like maybe learn enough. I, I don't think that there's a fix it. I think it is we start from recognizing yeah. that we're empty and then hope that it's less we of a, don't collateral damage right. everybody <laughs> 
less of a fix and more of just an ongoing practice. Yeah. Sadly, there is no easy button. Although we were talking about before yeah. that you are trying, you know, every time you problem solve, you're trying to find some oh, Amazon. I, I look for external fixes. Like, give me a, give me a curriculum. Give me a math game. Yeah, you should totally see my Amazon cart. It's like I put things in there, and eventually, and I always pretty much always tell myself, wait till tomorrow to actually order it. And then it just ends up on my save for later yeah. list. But really, I do think of ways I can fix the problem with a thing. Yeah. And I think it's somewhat like comforting to shop. And also, mm-hmm. though, I think there has to be, if I can explain to like a friend or my spouse or so, like a, a teacher, oh, we have this idea. A How solution. about this seat that he can wiggle on or yeah. this fidget or, yeah. you know, I want something concrete to fix yeah. the problem. Well, I think that's pretty the struggle, you know, natural from all of us trying mm-hmm. to, you know, help. Right. And it becomes less, sometimes less about it's the instant fix because that's yeah. easier. And it's like, oh, let's just do this. And then it'll yeah. be. But sometimes it just has to be like this ongoing practicum of, you know, Mm -hmm. making mistakes and starting over and practicing Mm -hmm. good parenting, mindfulness parenting, those sorts of things over and over again, because we're not ever going to nail it, right? Mindfulness is all about that. There's no perfection. It's just noticing, right? right? Oh, I think this, so we just started our session last Monday with about, um, I think there's 12 of us in the room and like my motto phrase over and over just begin again like begin again and I think that's really the best way that learning happens like if next time I can just recognize that my Mm -hmm. bucket's empty and I'm feeling like I want to lash out like earlier yeah then maybe I will yeah and it's not that you know you're you're so maybe you yelled quicker and longer you Mm -hmm. know four or five weeks ago and now you're being a little bit more mindful and you're mm-hmm. like oh I might have yelled but it was mm-hmm. it took me longer to blow up and it wasn't as loud and I mm-hmm. caught myself and now I'm redirecting or whatever so that's good progress yeah. too or even to look ahead at some circumstances yeah. down the down the pike like okay holidays are coming up or we mm-hmm. have company for a week I mean those are the circumstances that get us in this shape so yeah and that's really know. good thought too like how mm-hmm. as we approach you know holiday season how can you you sort of um, put some of these parenting practices, oxygen mask practices into mm-hmm. play mm-hmm. Um, ahead of time and think about them ahead of time so that you're not, yeah, dipping into an empty bucket at right. the end of the day. I know <laughs> my bucket's going to be empty. <laughs> right. So how am I going to be empty? Like, how am I going to yeah. replenish it along mm-hmm. the way? So. Um, yeah, we're going to wrap it up for today, but we would love to hear from you if, you know, what your signs are that you're kind of reaching your boiling point or your empty bucket and what you do to sort of um, stop yourself would be great to hear from mm-hmm. other perspectives because this is just, you know, the two of us here and we don't have all the answers, but mm-hmm. we're, we want you to know we're all in it together. So mm-hmm. yeah. thank you. Thanks. Bye bye. We invite you to sit with or walk, kid chase, drive, or snuggle up with today's conversation in the back of your mind. Did you find kernels of joy or reassurance? Where did you feel some resistance? Let us know so we can learn and grow together. You can comment and subscribe to the podcast at www.cea4, that's the number four, autism.org. This is Communities Engaging Autism's website. Share the podcast with members of your village to strengthen those essential connections. And above all, 
Please secure your own oxygen mask before helping others. 